And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 21. Yeah, our little baby growing up. You can drink now, mm-hmm. little baby podcast. <laughs> you can gamble now, little baby podcast. Uh-huh. That's what Might I'm talking about. I suggest reel them in. Yes. And what was the one I won on the other day? Vitty, Vitty, Vici. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pompeii. Pompeii, yeah. And I think I said that wrong. No, I think you... I said the same word three times. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you said it right. Mini, Vitty, Vici. No, I think I said Vitty, Vitty. Oh, <laughs> Vitty, Vitty, Bumba. <laughs> All with the Vs. <sighs> and what's sad is it probably sounded like I said it right because my Bs and my Vs sound really alike. <laughs> I'm a professional. I mean. Episode 21, and I still don't know how to speak. Episode 21, and we still don't know what we're doing. Episode 21, and she's still fucking with her bug bite. I I, mean, I'm sorry, (laughs) bee sting. (laughs) It itches. I think I may be dying. (laughs) It itches so bad. Oh, God. I can't help it. (laughs) That was very whiny. Oh, my gosh. So we have new people to shout out. For Patreon. Mm-hmm. The Creepinati, we're getting bigger, y'all. Yeah. So thank you to Nan G, Jenny G, Amanda S, Wanima V, and Amanda B. That's right. And y'all are the best. Yes. If you want us to use your whole name, tell us. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to do it like this. But truly, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What she said. Times five, because I have to be extra. I actually said it five times too. I, I just oh, went. Fuck. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So that's like twenty five. Oh, damn. Math. You, you know I don't care about math. <laughs> Who uses that? God. <laughs> so okay, I saw this thing on the news this morning, and I was like, "Holy shit! The world's going to shit." It is. Yes. Okay. Shit's going getting real. Down in New Mexico. Oh, fuck. So they found basically a compound in New Mexico, like very rural, Uh where there were like 11 kids found, very emaciated, like starving. They were found like living under, like under, like like underneath the trailer, like under, like in the ground, but like under it kind of from what I understand. I don't know. Robin Mead. Doesn't explain it very well. Um, (laughs) I mean, she's got like 15 minutes. Well, so they found the kids. They also found a body that they're not sure. It's a a child, but they don't know who it is. Oh, gosh. They think it may be, I'm going to butcher this name. The only thing about this name I know how to say is Abdul Ghani Wahaji. I know that was not right, but it's W-A-H-H-A-J. Yeah. But anyway, so he was abducted from Georgia. Whoa. And his father and his aunt, his father's sister, were two of the adults that were, like, keeping the kids at the compound. Holy fuck. Yeah, so they think that that kid is who that body was. 
Bless it. But of course, this is like literally, I think this broke like this morning. Wow. Like this, because I pulled it up because, yeah, right. Like I was going to remember that name. <laughs> I did remember Abdul, but when I read it, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, how when you pull up the n- news article and it says like how many, it's only 16 yeah. hours old. Whoa. So like this, like legit has like just broken. Alert, alert, breaking news. But I was like, holy shit yeah that's crazy so we'll keep an eye on it and hopefully that'll you know okay so the other thing that's kind of been in the news cycle the past few weeks is the girl in iowa that's missing molly tibbetts so she went out for a jog step one never go out for a fucking jog (laughs) um so yeah she went out for a jog i think it was like july 18th and never came back. Wow. She was staying with her boyfriend. And, yeah, she went out for this jog. And she's 20 Wait. years old. So she went out for a jog. Yeah. I, but I don't think she was a fast runner. So I think <laughs> it was just a jog. Just a jog. Okay. <laughs> maybe a little bit of a walk run, but they said a jog. Okay. So, I mean, maybe she just jogged. <laughs> Good God. If y'all want to play a drinking game and get slushed, every time Carrie said jogged, Take a shot. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So, yeah. 20-year-old girl, like, just goes out for... Oh, my God. You are going to say it again? <laughs> Holy fuck. A quick stroll. When she's found, hopefully she's found, you're going to say, the girl who went out for a jog? <laughs> they found her jogging. <laughs> well, anyway, she was staying with her boyfriend. She didn't come back from that quick <laughs> jostle down the road. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I'm sure she didn't jostle like we would jostle. No, we <laughs> bowl full of jelly. I don't know. That just created a whole nother. <laughs> our thighs would be clapping at us. I can't. I can't. We're applauding ourselves going. Look, my fat roll's hitting. This is me. Running. That's really not her fat roll's hitting no, right now. No, that was my hand. Okay. God, can we be serious? I'm a poor missing girl. I know. You're the one who kept saying jog. Okay. So while she was jogging. <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 sorry molly <laughs> really i almost said it again <laughs> oh gosh anyway so there's like a three hundred thousand dollar reward for her that people Damn. have taught i know they can't like there's no sign of her and they cleared the boyfriend he had a like a Good alibi, I think. He may not have, but they cleared him. Did could they did she take her cell phone? Oh, I don't remember. Oh yes. Sorry. Hold on. Whew. Okay. This is the big thing I wanted to remember about her. Oh Lord, that she jogged? No. So so her boyfriend got a Snapchat message from her like after he thinks that she would have been done with her. Oh, wait, I think I've heard about this, but keep going. Okay. And then, like, she went through her normal way, like, you know, her normal route. Mm -hmm. So, they interviewed a pig farmer that they thought may have been the one who took her. What? And it just reminded me of the family of serial killers who would kill the the um, the chicken coop people? No, they were pig farmers. Oh, and they it was a 
maybe it was just the the woman and she would yes i was actually going to do her so she would get men to come or did i do her oh bell guinness was that her? Yeah, that would like get the men to mm-hmm. come and then she would kill them and then feed them to the pigs. Yes. That's, that's all. Her. I about shit my pants when it popped up on headline news. Like the, it was like a farmer, pig farmer interviewed in the, dis- I was like, get the fuck out. Did he feed her to the pigs? Right. Ugh. So anyway, I, that when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, I've got to remember to bring this up. That's crazy. Yes. So crazy news cycle the past couple of days. Yeah. Hopefully they find her. And the poor boy. I hope that Abdul, that isn't his body. I hope he's like safe somewhere that his parents like haven't, you know, his dad hasn't yeah. hidden. Because his, his poor mom is like, I don't know where my child is. And Yeah. Bless it. I hope she gets resolution. And like, why did they have 11 other kids in that bunker and... Yeah. With, like, barely any food or water. Like, what were they doing with them? Yeah. Honestly, I don't want to know. I mean, I do want to know, but, like... Yeah. My brain goes to the bad places, and it just makes me sad. Yeah. You know what else makes me sad? What? Fucking Coco. Oh. (laughs) That Disney movie. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I'm going to eat dinner. I'll just put on something. Because then I have podcast stuff to do. Two hours later, I'm bawling like a crazy person. Yeah. And I'm like, one, who even knew this was a movie? Like, I've I heard saw it, it on Netflix. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'll put it in my list. And then I was eating. So a lot of my list is like killing stuff or scary stuff that usually has gross stuff in it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, I just need something... Oh, Coco. Lighthearted, yeah. yeah. And, I mean... Don't tell me what it's about. No. I'm just going to say, like, 30 minutes into it, I was kind of tearing up. But, you know, I'm emotional, so... Yeah. I was like, okay. But by the end, I was... Mm-mm. No. No. But it's good. Like, it's so good. That's why it was sad, you know? Cause yeah. it makes you feel... Gets you in the feels? Mm-hmm. It was not as sad as the beginning of Up. No, fuck that movie. Uh-uh. Yeah, that, if fuck you that don't movie. cry that beginning montage, not beginning, but, like. The whole fucking movie. True. I mean, yeah, I did cry all the time. And Ethan was like, what's wrong? And I was like, nothing you don't understand. Well, because he was like. <laughs> yeah, he was like 10. Uh, well, I was like five. Was, no. That was what I was thinking. No, like You know 10, what, others. You know, I'm like trying not to cry. I Hell, I watched Brother Bear in college freshman year and i was between patrick and zach and they're just having living their fucking best life and i'm like don't let them see you cry don't let them see you cry (laughs) don't cry don't be weird don't be weird oh my god i'm crying like at brother bear you know what disney movie i cried at that i shouldn't have what wally oh because that roach oh god no because i felt he broke my heart yeah it was sad but it I will never watch it again because of that roach. Oh. Okay. In other news. Okay. Donna's birthday is tomorrow. <gasps> it is. She'll be 33. That's right. Whoop, whoop. Welcome to the best number. <laughs> this is going to be a good year. It is. It's already a good year. 33. I mean, we're doing the podcast. I know. I got a new car. I mean, it wasn't a good circumstance that I had to get a new car, but I got it. Mm-hmm. You're getting a house. Mm-hmm. 
at some point I'm actually going to build whenever the bank and attorneys are like, okay, we're finished with the paperwork. Here, yeah. pay us. You can finally break ground. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, now in December when all the bills are due, I'm going to be like, this is a horrible year. Yeah. But right now it's awesome. It's all fun and games until you get the bill. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, I was thinking about that because 33 is like our, I hate to say like good luck number, but it's just a number that we see a lot. It's just like important to us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, me and Carrie are both 33 this year. It's going to be good. And then I was like, wait, it is good. We mm-hmm. have a podcast. We've met so many amazing people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, what could be better? You know, I mean, it could be better because we could do more things with the podcast yeah. and have more content for them. But, like, it's already great. Yep. Besides that month that I had that sinus infection. <laughs> oh my that God. might not have been great. For everyone else, too. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's like, damn, you're still sick. (laughs) But it's so funny is that feels like a lifetime ago. I know. I know. Please. I never want to feel that again. (sighs) But, you know, I I don't know who could have been on TV. (laughs) And, you know, I feel like they're my friends, too. But I feel like someone said that they had a sinus infection and... Do you know who this is? They had a sinus infection and they have to, you're looking at me like you know. I have no idea what you're oh, talking okay. about. But it, their sinuses were so like impacted or whatever, like how mine were, but they have polyps in it. Like they had to do a CT and they, oh, I know who it is. Okay. It wasn't TV. It was on Facebook, a friend of mine, but her face was swelling at random things. And so, like, she, it's been, you think a month was bad? It's been, like, months for her. But she has, like, polyps. And so, they're having to do tests. But it was a sinus infection. Hmm. And I was like, I mean, not not good for you. But at least I'm not the only crazy one that a sinus infection put me down. Yeah. All right. You go first. Yes. I love days when I go first. Because then I can just sit back and listen. Mm-hmm. And not think about my own story. <laughs> okay. We are going to go back in time a little bit, but not as much as last week. Have you ever heard of John George Hay? Like, hey, y'all. Well, some things that I, because I watched a couple of videos on him, and some stuff said hey, and some stuff said Hague, because it's H-A-I-G-H. Uh-huh. So I'm going to say Haig, I think, because I think that's more accurate. So Haig was born in Stamford, Lincolnshire, and he grew up in the village of Outwood. That's West Riding of Yorkshire. Okay. Okay. So his parents, John Robert and Emily, and they were very religious. They were Plymouth Brethren is like their religion. Mm-hmm. It's a... They're Protestant, because obviously they're not Catholic, but but they're, like, ultra-conservative. Okay. Like, almost like Puritans? I would picture almost like our Mormons. Okay. Fundamentalist, but not like... <laughs> Fundamentalist. Like... Why do you have to say it like I don't, because I don't know how to use words. Almost picture it, like, in between a fundamentalist and just, like, a everyday Mormon. You know? Okay. 
Okay. So, like I said, he grew up in a very religious house. His parents were extremely strict. Like, okay, so this is an example. So, when he was a kid, his, well, his dad his whole life had a, like, a birthmark on his forehead. It was kind of like a birthmark. <laughs> and <laughs> and he told baby Haig that if he, that, that that birthmark, he didn't call it a birthmark, he just called it a mark, was from God because he sinned. And so if oh, Haig, baby Haig sins, he'll get a mark too. And then, so of course, baby Haig's like, well, why didn't mom have it? And his dad was like, because she, like, she can't get it. She's an angel. So oh, she can't get it. God. <laughs> yeah. So. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Exactly. So, of course, what does any kid do? They're fucking terrified that they're going to get this mark, right? Yeah. And so, like, again, so he just, like, had these these constant fears of God and kind of his religion. He yeah. would have really scary religious nightmares. And so I'm going to – this is a quote from him. I saw before me a forest – this is describing one of his dreams, by the way. I saw before me a forest of crucifixes, which gradually turned into trees. However, another – let me just kind of caveat to this. Another article I read had it flip-flopped. Okay. It had – he's that was a forest of trees that turned into crucifixes. So I'm not sure exactly which one's accurate. But okay. the rest of it was the same. He said, at first they appeared to be dew or rain – Sorry. At first, what? there appeared to be dew or rain uh-huh. dripping from the branches. But as I approached, I realized it was blood. The whole forest began to writhe and the trees dark and erect to ooze blood. A man went from each tree catching the blood. When the cup was full, he approached me and said, drink. But I was unable to move. Whoa. Yeah. So he had, I mean, again, he clearly had some. He issues. had the fear of God put in him. Quite literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as he was kind of getting older, you know, he does what any kid does. He does a few, you know, bad things. Masturbates. What could be called, no, what could be considered a sin, lie, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hold up. I didn't get a mark. Why didn't I get a mark? Mm-hmm. I'm sinning. Oh, God. Now he thinks he's a prophet. No. No. But he's like. Thinking he's immune to it. Yeah, I'm like, untouchable. Yeah, that he can do anything he wants. The other thing that, one of the other things that his parents did was they built this huge fence around their house. Some stuff said seven feet, some stuff it said eight, some stuff said ten. But so that it would like kind of keep the outside world away mm-hmm. from them. Mm-hmm. And like he was allowed to, Haig was allowed to go to school, but no friends could ever come over. And so, like, a lot of the, like, reenactments I saw and stuff of the videos would be, like, you know, Kid Haig, like, looking at his friends playing through the fence and, like, oh, not gosh. being, you know. And so, like, he just wasn't, he was very socially isolated. Yeah. Like, his only friends were pets. Gosh. Yeah. And so. Well, please tell me he didn't kill them. No. Like, another part of, like, his religious upbringing was that. Their only form of entertainment was the Bible. Like, that. Like that's all they had to do was to read the Bible. Like, no TV, no nothing. Of course, I guess I don't know if they would have had TV back then. But I don't think I said this. He was born in 1909. <laughs> <laughs> so, no TV. Oh, shit. I, I was mean, thinking, like, 1970s or no, something. I mean, whatever. 
I don't you understand. Said, you said not as far back, and so I mean, well, because the last one was like in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, but I mean, so I was thinking more. Yeah, in our lifetime. Well, and he died in nineteen forty nine. So, so even though he had all of that going on, you know, was taught that the world is evil and that if he sins, he's going to get this mark. But then he sins, and that it doesn't happen, and so he kind of thinks he's immune, but. He's also kind of an outcast, and his parents have made it that way. In spite of all that, he was actually a really good pianist and got a scholarship. How did he do that? I don't fucking know. To Queen Elizabeth Grammar School in Wakefield. That's where he got the scholarship. And he actually became a choir boy there. Oh, Lord. So after school, because he was really intelligent. Like, some of the videos that I watch likened him to other killers such as Ted Bundy. Like he was pretty, you know, he was attractive, really smart, really charismatic kind of guy. Yeah. Um, So after school, he started to, to apprentice as like a mechanic, basically. But he left that job because he didn't like getting dirty. Hey, I completely understand that. So he had kind of a thing about like, Again, being dirty and all that. He had a couple other jobs. He had some run-ins with the law growing up, like for, you know, little theft, that kind of stuff. Like he would, he had a a little forgery type scheme when he was working as a mechanic where he would like get cars signed over to him and sell cars that like weren't actually his to sell and that kind of thing. So in spite of all that, he was married on, in July of 1934 They were only married a year before Haig was put in jail for fraud. Oh, shit. And so while he was in jail, she was like, I'm out. His wife, Betty, was her name. She was like, I'm fucking out. I want a divorce kind of thing. Boy, bye. She was actually pregnant. And so she, like, put the baby up for adoption and, like, had nothing to do with him or anything ever again after that. Yeah. And so after... He was arrested and, you know, his marriage failed and all that. His family, because they're so conservative, kind of started ostracizing him. Mm. Because, you know, kick him when he's down. Of course. Seems reasonable. Seems godly. Mm -hmm. So, in 1936, he moved to London and he became a chauffeur to William McSwan. And William McSwan was quite, he was very wealthy. He owned amusement arcades. And one of the things that Haig did was that he maintained those machines. So while he's working for McSwan, he also was continuing his fraudulent activities. He was pretending to be a guy by the name of William Cato Adamson. What? Yeah. And said that he was essentially like a stockbroker and sold all of these different stock shares and would pretend to sell estates for these like for the deceased clients wow and uh, you know of course was like well under market rates Mm -hmm. everybody was like yeah let me buy that up so he said that okay this is this is a really long name but he said that he worked for the offices of chancery lane london guildford surrey and all these things you don't need to know that but guildford he how he was uncovered was because he spelled it incorrectly. Because instead of Guildford, like that's how it, he spelled it, Guilford, oh. with no D. 
in the middle. Damn. Yeah. The devil is in the details. Yes. Come on, JJ. Yeah. So he got four years in prison for that fraud. And then, again, this was kind of started, he was released, like, right as the Second World War started. And he just kept on with the fraudulent behavior. So after multiple arrests, he kind of started going, like, okay, I'm not going to live the straight and arrow. But something's got to give because I keep getting busted. So he was Mm -hmm. like, I'm leaving my victims alive. That's what the problem is. Oh, my God. Yeah. The problem's him, not me. Yeah. He was really fascinated by this French murderer by the name of something quite complicated. Something similar to Georges Sarah. Pretty good? Yeah. No. Anyway, whatever. Okay. So this guy... This was in 1925. So he got his victims, and as a way to get rid of the victims, he would dispose of their bodies in sulfuric acid. Oh, I knew you were going to say acid. Ugh. So while Haig was in prison for his many fraud schemes, he was like, all right, we I got to figure out a way to like kill them, not leave any witnesses. But also, nobody found a body, right? Yeah. Because he had... So, remember how I was saying he was smart? He's, like, the smart where he's smart enough to know a little bit, but not smart enough to realize that he's missing the big picture. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, he had heard of the term corpus delicti. Uh Uh-huh. And so... There's a podcast with that name, too. Really? Mm -hmm. So, basically, it means, like, there's not a body kind of mm-hmm. thing. So he thought that it truly meant no body, no crime. Oh, Lord. So he thought that if he could dispose of the bodies, then there's no way he could be convicted of murder. So he was like, all right, I'm going to try this whole dissolving them in sulfuric acid thing. So he got field mice and put them into the vats of sulfuric acid to see God. like if they would dissolve and but it someone took, else did that i don't know but it took them 30 minutes for the mice to dissolve oh fuck yeah okay so in 1943 haig was freed from prison for his fraudulent business and he became an accountant at an engineering firm oh gosh so just the universe Smiled on him, Mm -hmm. not the guy. And he just randomly bumped into his former former employer, William McSwan, that he Mm -hmm. was the chauffeur for. They were at a pub called the Goat Pub in Kensington. And, you know, they bumped into each other. McSwan introduced Haig to his parents, Donald and Amy. McSwan was... Like, doing some work for his parents because they owned some properties in the, in London. And so, McSwain was... No, I'm sorry. I, I used to know a guy whose name was blah, 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 McSwain. I was thinking McSwain when you said McSwain. I know. Okay. So, McSwain was doing some work for his parents, you know, getting rent from the different properties and stuff. And Haig was like, damn, he lives a good lifestyle. So, in order to, you know, get something without having to work for it... Haig lured McSwan into his basement of his house and hit him over the head. Then he put McSwain's 
by nope. God damn it, McSwan's body into a forty-gallon drum, and then poured like some highly concentrated sulfuric acid into Fuck. it. One never go to someone's basement, right? Especially someone that's like an acquaintance. Yeah, someone who worked for you. Like, why do they? You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Okay, so two days after he killed McSwan, Haig went back to the basement to check out his handiwork. Oh, I cannot even imagine. Well, so the body had basically become sludge. Oh, God. Ugh. So he poured that down a manhole. Ew. So... Oh, God. Obviously, McSwan was close to his family, or, you know, to his parents, and so... So Haig told McSwan's parents that William had gone into hiding. Oh Lord! Yeah, because in, in Scotland, because he was being called up for military, for the military service, and was like going into hiding. Oh my gosh! Like he tells these lies that well, are so easily. Yes. Well, oh, also geez. remember though, this was the beginning of World War Two. True. So true, true. I forget. So it really could have been. Yeah. It's so it's not. I mean, he yeah. wouldn't have done it without telling his parents. But he really could have been dodging. Yeah, 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 yeah. The draft, basically. So Haig then took over just like McSwan's whole life. He went and started collecting the rent for his parents. Wow. He actually lived in McSwan's house. Damn. Um, mm-hmm. But, of course, that wasn't enough. He was like, I want the money for all of these properties. Oh, gosh. So, William McSwan's parents, remember Donald and Amy, they started being like, look, the war's coming to an end. Like, where the fuck is William? Why haven't we heard from him? So, this has been, like, years? Yes. From, it's been a year. From 44 to 45. Okay. So, on July 2nd, 1945... He told Donald and Amy, like, okay, look, William's back from Scotland. He really wants you to see you come over to my house. Down in my basement? Yes. What the fuck? He hit them both over the head (gasps) and disposed of them in the same way, in the acid baths. Wow. So from the first acid bath with William, he was like, okay, look, this is not... Like, just the smell and all that, it's not easy to breathe as it's, like, you know, breaking down the body. Oh, so gosh. he made himself, like, a tin mask to protect his face. And then he bought a stirrup pump to get the acid from those, well, some stuff says it's pronounced carboy. Some stuff says it's called carboy. It's, like, those plastic containers that kind of looks like a really big... Laundry detergent thing where oh, you yeah, tilt it yeah. and press the thing. Yeah. So he bought that so he could, like, get it into the tub, basically. Okay. And it's like, well, that was just, like, so ridiculously hard and stuff would get eaten through. And so he made these tubs of steel. Like, he had them made. Whoa. And then he painted it, the inside, with more layers to... Keep it from... Yeah, protect cor- it. Uh, yeah, keep it from corroding. And so, like, they really were almost like oil drums. Yeah, and that's not what I was kind of And not like a tub, even though yeah. it's called the acid bath murderer. But, so it wasn't actually a bath. It was really like a 
an old drum. Yeah. Um, so Haig stole William Swan's pension checks and sold all of their properties. Oh, my gosh. So he got about 8,000 pounds out of the whole deal. And then he moved in to the Onslow Court Hotel in Kensington. So, you know, he has all this money now and he's like living the dream Mm because he's like, you know, getting something for nothing. Kind of what he's always wanted. Yeah. He's all about the hustle, but the not good kind. Yeah. So he was an avid gambler. And so. Of course. Hey, don't get me wrong. I love gambling. But I gamble with my hard-earned money. Yeah. Or the casino's free play. Yeah. Not murder money. Yeah. Um, we're, not, we're not doing blood money here. No, no. No, thank you. Okay. So, like I said, avid gambler, which, of course, so by the summer of 47, he's, like, already running out of money. Oh, my God. Unlucky. Yeah. So, he was like, okay, what's a man to do? Let me kill somebody. Yeah. Someone needs a bath. Oh, damn. All right. So, yeah, he's got to find some more More bodies. Yeah. So, he met Dr. Archibald Henderson and his wife, Rose. On the Titanic? No. That was Jack. (laughs) Dr. and Mrs. Henderson were selling their house, and so Haig pretended to be interested in buying the house. So the Hendersons knew that he was a pianist, and so, you know, because he was making friends, and, you know, he's got to get a, a, build a little bit of trust mm-hmm. so that he can get them, you know, into a fucking basement. Yes. And so they invited him over to play the piano for their housewarming party. So he was invited to their, like, new yeah. flat. So while he was there, he was like kind of looking around, trying to figure out, like, what he can get, all this stuff. He stole Dr. Henderson's revolver, and then... In the study with Mrs. White. Mrs. Rose. True. It would be Scarlet. Bam. Because of Rose? Letter. Just kidding. (laughs) Scarlet letter. Yeah, I Um, Okay. Terrible wordplay. Okay. So, he... At that point, like, he, you know, he's making friends, like, getting, building their trust, yada, Mm -hmm. yada, stole the revolver. So he decides to rent a small workshop in Sussex and moved his, all of his acid, his drums to his new place. (laughs) I thought you were going to say his assets and, no, his acid. Yeah, both. I mean, those (laughs) are his acid. Okay, on February 12th of 1948, he drove Dr. Henderson to Crowley, like, on the, Pretext, basically. Sorry, I didn't want to say the exact same wording of this article, but I could not think of another word. Citing my source. No. Because he, he told him, he was like, hey, I'm going to show you this invention. you got to come see it. So he went and picked him up and drove him back. Always um, take your own car. Right. So when they got there, Haig shot Dr. Henderson in the head with his own revolver that he stole. Fuck. Then... He went and got Mrs. Henderson, Rose, and was like, hey, your husband, he's ill. He's at, he's down here in Crowley. Like, he came to see this invention. He's sick. You got to come. And so took her down there, shot her in the head, too. Killed her with her love. Fuck. He killed him with a love. So, of course, what does he do? Disposes of their bodies in the acid bath. 
He also forged a letter from them and sold all of their possessions. Oh, my gosh. For another 8,000 pounds. Although, he did keep their dog and their car. Well, I'm glad he didn't hurt the dog. Oh, right. I think he actually liked animals because one of the... One of the articles, that was all his friends. Yeah, one of the articles I read said his only friends were his family's pets and then I think his neighbor's dog, too. So he was even nice to yeah. animals that weren't his. Well, okay. one redeeming quality. Yes. So Haig's last, next and last victim was Olive Durand Deacon. She was 69 years old. Oh, bless it. She was married to solicitor John Durand Deacon. Oh, And he had passed away. And so, again, Haig was pretending to be an engineer. And Olive was like, you know what? I have a really good idea for an invention for new artificial nails for women. And he was like, okay, awesome. Come on down here to my shop. Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of tinker with it and figure out like what we can make. So, on February eighteenth of nineteen forty nine, she goes to his workshop on Leopold Road, and once she gets inside, he shoots her in the back of the neck mm. with the same thirty eight caliber revolver that he stole from Archibald Henderson. Wow! And it's like. What a piece of shit that you, like, couldn't even look her in the face. Mm-hmm. You had to shoot her in the back of the neck. Like, she walked in and you shot her in the back of the neck. Yeah, because he's what a fucking coward. a piece of shit. Yes. So, he took all of her valuables that were on her. He even took her Persian lamb coat. And then, of course, put her in the acid bath. Mm-hmm. Damn, he could have at least got her invention ideas. <laughs> we could have had Sally... No. Uh, Sally Nails before Sally. It would have been Olive Nails, mm-hmm. not Sally. Here's the thing, though. Even if he... He doesn't know what to do with it. No. It, no. Even aside from that, he doesn't want to do any work. Yeah. He wants something for nothing. He's an entitled fuck. But He was the OG millennial. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> She's throwing it down, y'all. Look, I am throwing shade to the left, to the right. To the front, to the back. That slide. <laughs> and all I'm thinking is from the window to the wall. <laughs> so the drop down your balls. All these bitches. Okay. No, truly, though. Like, he, like even, even if he was capable, because he was intelligent. Even if mm-hmm. he was capable enough to understand her ideas and make that invention happen, he does not have the drive to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he could have told someone else and sold his idea. True. Okay. And, like, Shark Tank. Yeah, because that worked then. I don't know. Okay, okay. the reason why that was so choppy, because in my head when you said char- Shark Tank, all I could think of is hoo-ha-ha from Finding Nemo. Uh, oh, my God. I almost said fish are friends earlier. Not food. Yeah. Two days after Olive went missing, her friend Constance Lane was like, uh, the fuck? Something's not right. Reported yeah. her missing. The detectives had seen... Haig and Olive together, not the detectives, somebody had seen them together and was like, hey, you know what? I saw her the other day with this guy. Check him out. And so they did. They, like, looked into his history and saw he had all these arrests for theft and fraud. And so they were like, we're searching his workshop. Yeah. At the workshop, they found his attache case. 
that had the dry cleaner's receipt for um, Olive's amazing Persian coat that he stole. Wow. They found papers that referred to the Hendersons and the McSwans. And then, so, okay, the workshop that he had in Sussex didn't have a floor drain. And then, but the one that he had in Gloucester did. So he had a transport? Yeah. So he would like pour the remains out of the containers on a rubble pile that was like at the back of the property. And so when the investigators start like trying to figure out like, you know, okay, well, he did, he did it there. Like, what can we find? They, the pathologist, his name was Keith Simpson, found 28 pounds of human body fat. Oh, gosh. Part of a human foot, gallstones. And gallstones? Yeah. And part of a set of dentures that were later identified by um, Olive's dentist. So he, her dentist, of course, I don't, I didn't write down his name, but he's actually considered like the pioneer in forensic (gasps) dentistry. Wow. Just purely because of, opportunity like he had to be you know and so yeah he's like a pioneer in forensic dentistry how crazy yeah thank you guy that carrie didn't think was important enough to write down his name no i didn't but you know why (laughs) because (sighs) sassy pants i'm not wearing any pants oh god because it was in a video i watched oh no it wasn't oh god i almost sent you a picture of him anyway um (laughs) so while he was being interviewed by the police, because they were like, okay, uh, and you're arrested. Yeah. He asked them, Haig said, asked the detective, tell me, frankly, what are the chances of anybody being released from Broadmoor, which is a high security psychiatric hospital? Oh, God. So he was already setting himself up for the plea for insanity. Yeah. Hell no, you're not insane. You're methodical. Mm hmm. And so, okay, the, the the police officer, the detective, well, the inspector said, he was like, I can't talk about that kind of thing with you. Yeah. Um, and so Haig was like, well, if I told you the truth, you wouldn't believe me. It sounds too fantastic to believe. Oh, gosh. Like, first of all, you narcissistic fuck. Yeah. You're not that cool. Like, you totally ripped someone else's idea off. So, okay, he actually ended up confessing to... The six murders we know of, Miss Olive, the McSwan, so it was William and then his parents, Donald, Donald and Rose, and then the Henderson, not Donald no. and Rose, Donald and Amy. Amy. Emily. Emily. God, names. And then the Hendersons, Rose and... Archibald. hmm Okay, so that's six. So then he also said he killed three other people. A young, a young guy named Max, a girl from Eastbourne. And a woman from Hammersmith. But none of those could be substantiated. Like, they have no proof that he committed those. He just, con- he just, we just know he confessed to nine. And we know about six. Yeah. So, of course, like I said, he was setting himself up for a plea of insanity. He said that he drank the blood Ew. from his victims. No, he did not. He didn't, but he said that. But, okay, so, you remember his story about the forest and the trees when he was Mm -hmm. a kid drinking the blood. He told that story in his confession. So, 
kind of stands to reason that That's that story fake. may be made up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because man, you started at, mm, okay. I know. So it could that could be fake. But there were a bunch of things that said that he had the religious nightmares. Yeah. But again, that could have all been his ploy. Yeah. You know, for that. So of course the attorney general was like, um, uh, fuck you. And told <laughs> you know, he was like, This defense of insanity is absolutely ridiculous. He had malice forethought, you know, mm-hmm. he claimed that he killed nine people. But the defense attorney was like, yeah, but, you know, here's some different psychologists and that sort of thing that will testify that he's paranoid and that he is very indifferent to the situation. And I'm like, that doesn't that just means he's a sociopath. Yeah. That doesn't mean that he would he's insane. Criminally insane. Yeah. So. It totally took the jury just a couple of minutes. I, one thing said 10, I think, and most of the rest just says only minutes, to find him guilty. And then the judge sentenced him to death. By acid. Right. So this motherfucker. So he was his, his sentence to death was by hanging. So he asked one of the prison guards if it would be possible to have a trial run of his hanging so that everything would run smoothly. What the fuck? No, you don't deserve that. Yeah, he said his reasoning were, I mean, was that, like, basically he's a thin man and Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't make the, like, he wouldn't be able, he wouldn't drop heavy heavy enough to break his neck, basically. Yeah, and that's your fault. Eat a biscuit. That's right. But so, of course, because, like, even one thing I read was, like, he had... The executioner, which I can't find his name, of course, but the, oh yeah, Albert Parapoint, Pierre Point, Pierre Point, I have no idea, that like this executioner was like well known, like had done yeah. tons of executions. Like he's not going to fuck this up. And if he yeah. does, a uh, fuck you. Yeah. So he was put to death, death August 10th of 1949 just just realized that that's like in a couple of days his anniversary and so okay i had it written down so he actually ended up getting more of like a actual like what you would picture of like a gas mask and like a gloves and an apron and all Mm -hmm. and of course i didn't write this fucking down but that's Dis- that is on display, like his actual like what? mask and apron and stuff at a museum in London. <gasps> yeah, of course I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. Um, Will, go find that. Yeah. On your vacation, you have a mission. And then he does have like a wax thing of him at Madame Tussauds. Really? Yep. So he did. That is John George Haig. Wow. The acid bath murderer. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was a short one, but... But good. Yeah. He's pretty fucked up. And again, it's one of those things of, oh, I'm criminally insane. No, the fuck you not? No. You know what you were doing? You're a narcissist. Or you're a sociopath who is also a narcissist, but I feel like, aren't they all? Right. Um, Like, I feel like that's not... You can't really be... Yeah. You can be a narcissist and not be a sociopath, but yeah. you can't be a sociopath and not be a narcissist. 100%. Agree. But, and I think, too, that that's where people get so fucked up is, well, not that, but 
is that though the like criminally insane aspect versus having a mental illness right yeah and he knew what he was doing he planned that shit out Mm -hmm. he and planned it out not in a like insane way no you know he's like i want to get that money i need their money i'm going to kill them here's a clever way of me doing it not only the clever way of the actual murder but he worked to build those connections with people to lure them to his basement or his workshop or what have you yeah like he yeah like that's completely different completely different yeah then to to just like a spontaneous hail like her coat boom all right okay so i'm gonna do an urban legend okay but it's a modern day urban legend is it don't flash your lights at a car with no lights because it's a game member doing an initiation (laughs) Wow. No. Is it? Just tell me. <laughs> I love that huge, long thing. What's that called? Lights? Flashing lights? You could have said that. I forgot. I don't know. Instead of... Flashing lights could have been a UFO. True. Okay. Well, maybe it is that long. I just picture like with hyphens between yeah. it, like not a breath. I'm doing Slender Man. Do you know? No. All I know from Slenderman, which I don't think is actually him, is the guy from um, Princess of the Frog. Oh, no. But it's not Slenderman. No, but. but <laughs> yeah, the voodoo guy. Yeah, I forgot his name. My sister was him for Halloween one year. Oh, yeah, she was good. All right. So, first off, I want to say that I know he was made up on the internet. Like, I know this. But, but. it unnerves me. Like, he scares me. And the fact, okay, you were even here. I had to put out my garbage tonight. Mm -hmm. And I was like, are you staying out here? Because I don't want to walk because I live in the country and there's no streetlights out here. And because I can see him. (sighs) And so it, like, I had my flashlight and then I turned it off and like ran back up a little bit to get out of the street because it was dark and I can just picture him. Oh, no. I heard you do like a, Yes. Why'd you do that? Did oh, that was slip? a frog. No. That oh. was a, it was a big frog. Not Slenderman and not a fall. It was a frog. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So here's my thing with this. So you know how they say in your dreams, like your your mind can't make up faces. So in your dreams, like the scary shit you see or the people that you don't know who they are, but you see them. Mm-hmm. Like, you've really seen them in real life because your mind cannot make up things you don't know. Is that a real thing? I have no idea. That can't be. Because how do people, like, I mean, the Mona Lisa's not real, but he painted it. I don't know. I mean, maybe, like, it was based off of someone, though. Hmm. Wasn't it? I don't know. Okay. But I don't know. That's what I've just seen. Okay. I mean, I have no, no, I'm asking, like. No. Yeah, I have no idea. I, <laughs> that was so awkward. We were like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, I like. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> we were so awkward right then. But, okay. So, that's how he is to me. Like, okay, Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. It's scary to us because we can see that happening in the future. In Trump's America. Yes. And, I mean, hell, cults are probably like that now, some of them. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it's real, but it's not happened to us. Right. But it's the possibility of like, oh, shit, someone 
could see this idea and take it and that be our life and, right. you know, whatever. That's me with Slender Man of, okay, it's fake. This guy made it up, but it's rooted in something. And also, because I feel like if, I mean, I feel like demons are smart. So if they're like, oh, this is what people are scared of, that's how I'm going to show myself yeah. or whatever. And so yeah. it's like Slender Man was fake, but now he's real. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I just want to say, because people are going to be like, ooh, Slender Man, he's fucking scary. Okay. Hit me with it so I can decide. <laughs> You're going to be like, this is stupid. I even put... So I just want y'all to know where I'm coming from. And if you're like, ugh, Slender Man is so stupid, yada, 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 hear me out. Put yourself in my shoes or flip-flops, whatever. <laughs> Damn. Oh, God. I mean, I can write your term paper if y'all want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I never understood that terminology, term paper. Yeah, like, do people just have, like, a huge paper due every term? So, like, every oh, semester? I don't know. I've never thought of that. I mean, we had papers due all the fucking time. Right. Wasn't like just one due a semester. It was like no. one due every fucking week. Yes. Okay, it wasn't that serious, but I mean, well, like I we mean, would it was have, just in different classes. Well, and I mean, we would have like sometimes in OT school, like we would have this huge paper that was due at the end of the semester, but it yeah. wasn't like your term paper. It was yeah. like I don't know. What the fuck's a term paper? Yeah. Someone be Google, please. Um. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, Slender Man began on a forum called Something Awful. So, you know something awful is going to come out of that. Mm -hmm. It's a humor site where people do memes and stuff, but it's like smart, nerdy people. And, you know, that's super funny, but it's... Really smart humor. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's whatever. They also do, like, Photoshop contest. And so someone said, hey, well, I'll tell you. On June 8th, 2019. Um, nope. <laughs> In the future. Okay. I told you this. <laughs> okay. Do your. No, that's only for dialing. Well, it's dialing back. Okay. Okay, thank you. On June 8th, 2009. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so they were like, hey, here's a contest for y'all. I want you to take ordinary pictures, and I want you to Photoshop them into being paranormal. Okay? So this guy, his username was Victor Surge. I bet he drank a lot of Surge because that was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Okay, but his real name was Eric Nudson or Nudson. Nudson, he had newts. I don't know. Mm, um, look who can't pronounce names now. Me. Just kidding. So he posted two photos, and one was children, and they were like walking towards the camera. And in the back, you just see like this very tall black blob kind of mm -hmm. thing. Almost like a really tall, skinny, slender shadow person. <laughs> yes. Okay. And this was the caption for it. 
We didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them. But its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. Damn. Yeah. So then the other one was even scarier. And it's kids on a playground. And, like, one's on the slide, like, walking up, kind of looking at the photographer. Walking up the slide or just walking up towards him? Like, walking up the stairs to the slide. Like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I mean, you don't magically just slide. I mean, you never walked up the slide when you were a kid? Yeah, but whatever. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I could never get up to the top, but whatever. Bitter party of one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... This caption says, one of two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library blaze, notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanished and for what is referred to as the Slender Man. Deformity cited as film defects by officials. Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. 1986, photographer Mary Thomas, missing since June 13th, 1986. Hmm. Okay, so for weeks after that, after he submitted those two photos, he kept doctoring photos. He made newspaper clippings. He put children's, quote-unquote, drawings of Slender Man, just like, you know, building on this story yeah and so much so that other people started to doctor photos for slender man and you know it became a thing yeah like it was becoming a myth out of nothing you know now well by mid-june that year a thread that was solely focused on slender man was created on that forum that now consists of like 194 pages long of like a a pamphlet of all yeah. the stories and like all the side stories and all that kind of crap. Yeah. Like 194 pages long. That's fucking long. Yeah. I mean, is it like 50 items per page or like 10? I have no idea. I didn't read it. We're going to go with 50. I thought you said goat. And I was like, what? Bah? <laughs> Wait, that's a sheep. Okay, look, I had this conversation the other day at work because... This is, I know I've said this before on the podcast, if that's why I'm, one of the reasons why I don't have kids is because I don't know animal sounds. Yeah. I don't know the difference between sheep and goat. I mean, I know the difference, but I don't know the difference, like, to make the sound. Is that what you're talking about? Uh-huh. I mean, like, I could look at the difference. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, one's ba, one's ba. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know. I probably shouldn't have shared that. <laughs> no. You know. Uh, on the like Taylor Swift songs and stuff when they would do the goat. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so freaking funny. Okay. Well, what did the goat say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, because that was the answer then. I bet it, it's like that screaming kind of. Yeah. So, Slenderman is normally depicted as being really fucking tall and wearing either a jet black suit or a black pinstripe suit. With, like, Ooh, white pinstripe. Picture men in black, but really fucking tall. That men in black, they coming for you, at, you ass. I was picturing, like, a 1920s gangster with, like, the little mm-hmm. Tommy gun, you know? Yeah. 
Like the pinstripe, that's what I was picturing. Just really tall and thin. That is it. And that could still be men in black. No, it couldn't. Yeah, it could. <laughs> you don't know because they zapped your memory. How do they you said, deep doop, deep doop, deep doop. I can't do it. No. But I'm going to still try. <laughs> Quit trying to make Men in Black happen. <laughs> okay. So his arms stretch like really fucking long. They're like stretch Armstrong. I swear to God. That's exactly what I was picturing too. Yeah. And it's like if Tim Burton drew it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it. Like um, on Beetlejuice when his arms go out. And yes. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so his face is featureless. It's blank. That kind of goes along with your, you don't, like, come up with your own things, though, because yeah. the striped suit, black and white striped suit, the arm stretch, that really is Beetlejuice. Yeah. True. So, really. Don't say his name three times. Fuck. No one has an original idea. No, they really don't. But you, you know what I mean? Like, if yeah. that really does go with your, like, you can't dream new things or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so some variations say that he can morph his face into whatever you fear the most, which is scary. Oh, my God. Oh, God, I just thought about the R word. I was about to say, so for you as a roach. Oh, don't say it. So Slenderman, he has, you know, his long arms, and they can reach out and, you know, get his victims that way. Like, they don't have a limit. Yeah. And he takes joy in... Uh, physically and mentally kind of haunting the people he, you know, his subjects. Yeah. Like, if you see him, you see him. You know, he starts to haunt you. So if you think you see something, don't look. Don't take a double look. Because then that's when it starts. Like, he gets you. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Which is why I did not want to look down my road and see him. I don't want that. So, yeah, once you make visual contact, he will linger in your mind like Freddy Krueger. What? Mm-hmm. It says that he has no clear agenda, but he does target adolescents because they're easy to, pr- like, to prey upon and they're subjective to his hauntings and, you know, his uh, games that he plays. Mm-hmm. It says that also many accounts depict him in having some black tentacles that come out from his back. Oh, God. And they say that that can help him hold him off the ground some. Like they can, you know, lift him up. And Mm -hmm. so that way he's more quiet and more stealthy when he's haunting and hunting his prey. There's even some claims that Slender Man has the ability to imitate The voices of your loved ones. So he can call out and be like, Carrie, Carrie. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're like, what, mom? And you come out, you see him, bam. Literally, that's a scene on Toy Story. Is it? Mm Mm-hmm. Toy Story? Mm -hmm. Oh. No. When they call the little baby sister to come open the door. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See? No original thought. Well, this was... Before Toy Story. What year was it? 2009. Toy Story was in like 2004. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Mm Mm-hmm. Damn. No, Toy Story was before that. Toy Story, was it 90? It was in middle school because we sang You Got a Friend in Me in eighth grade. Okay. Okay. And speaking of not original thoughts, and also this is why I think 
Slender Man could be real. It just wasn't called Slender Man, you yeah. know. But he took that Eric Knudsen, Nudson, whatever, Nutty Buddy. He took... Nudes. Nudes. <laughs> it took me a minute. Sorry. I thought you were just calling him that as a nickname. Nope. He took inspiration from Stephen King's short stories and that H.P. Lovecraft or whoever. Like, he was, like, science fiction guy. Okay. I think he, that Lovecraft, I think his name was H.P. I didn't write this down. But I think he, what do you call it? Uh, The guy from Scientology. L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, I think he was, like, an inspiration to L. Ron Hubbard. I swear to God <laughs> that when you said H.P. Lovecraft, he was, like, the science fiction. I was, like, so he was the OG L. Ron Hubbard. Swear <laughs> to God I almost said that. Damn, I wish I would have because you would have <laughs> shit your fucking pants. Yes, I would have. No, I'd be like, Carrie, you ruined everything. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, you know, so, I mean, he took inspiration from how they wrote and their ideas, not like plagiarized, just, you know, took inspiration. But they took inspiration from something, too. And, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you right. trace it back, and it started with usually a real story. Yeah. So, again, like, it's it's scary because it could be true. Like I said, it could manifest now. Yeah. Because 194 pages of, like, a mythology right. kind of thing now. Like, I don't know. I feel like you can make it become real. Yeah. But is it actually real or is it people's imaginations? Yeah. But... But, like, like, it's your, like, you heard the story, and so your imagination runs, and so. Yeah, and you're paranoid, but, I mean, I feel like that in itself is kind of supernatural, because that's kind of, I mean, it's not, but I feel like that's poltergeist, too. Like, your energy and all of this manifest. Yeah. In. True. And that can lead to harming people or harming yourself. Whatever, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it, it's just like, he scares the fuck out of me. And it's, you know how I say black-eyed kids scare me? And, like, I picture them out my window. Mm-hmm. I picture him, like, out by the fence in the backyard and, like, stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, and just, like, standing off in the distance. And it freaks me out. Like, leaning against a tree, like, those yes. shadow figures, like, on farms and stuff? Yes, but, like, just in there, and I can see his tentacles kind of moving. Oh, God. I know. That's my imagination. Why you such a good picture? <laughs> that's it. And it freaks me out. Ugh. And apparently, I'm fucked all the way around. Black Eyed Kids in the front, Slender Man in the back. I mean, I guess that's normally Roaches where I like them. <gasps> Damn. Ruined my fucking nasty joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't like Slender Man anyway. Nah, I like him a little chunky, little funky. What is it that Ashley said tonight? Like, she, he got a little cornbread on him? Yes. So, Slenderman is a stalker in the purest sense. He loves to hide in plain sight and is commonly spotted in wooded areas where he can easily blend in among the trees. Or amongst the trees. Whatever fucking proper English is. <laughs> And it says the dark corners of the forest. Uh, Yeah, that's why I'm not a fucking outdoorsy person. Right. Like, mm-mm, nah. Nah, bitch. Vampires ain't gonna get me. Slendy ain't gonna get me. 
Black Eyed Kids ain't. You know what? First of all, since when do you say ain't? Okay. Second of all. I was going to rhyme it with taint. Oh. Again, you ruined my nasty joke. But go ahead. And then second of all, you really shouldn't be tempting fate by being like, just because you're staying out of the fucking forest. I mean, I was about to say, but I mean, I'm subjective to everything else that's inside. Okay, so they say when he finds his victim, he follows them relentlessly. He makes them kind of disoriented to the point of sheer terror, paranoia, insanity. You know, I mean, like he... Yeah. What's the word? Like, they succumb? Succumb? What's that word? Yeah, succumb. Yeah, like you know what I mean. He like it's like a, engulfs them. Yeah, like an all-encompassing kind of. Yeah, that's it. Invasion, almost. Yeah. Hey, how about you write this for me? You do better words. Stop that. <laughs> I do not. You do better words. It said that proximity to him, it usually triggers something called slender sickness. Which is a rapid onset of paranoia, nightmares, and delusions accompanied by nosebleeds. Ew. Yeah. So basically, you're stressed as fuck, can't sleep, can't really eat, think you're going to die, and of course, that's going to cause nosebleeds. Yeah. And probably the shits. They just don't want to write that. I mean, everybody gets bubble guts when they stressed. <laughs> yes. The who was it that used to say bubble 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 guts? Who was that? I don't know. Was it Eminem? <laughs> okay, I thought it was like one of our friends. Oh <laughs> no, was that one of your? Maybe it was Tyler. Friends? No, maybe it was Tyler and Justin that would say bubble 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 guts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that it might have been them. They're going to kill me for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be like, "Uh, that's not how we want you to be on the podcast. Yeah. Can you shout? Can you shout me out and not talk about my chronic diarrhea? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I found some different stories of people running into Slendy. So are these stories like from that thread that are fake or we think these might be like Slenderman is kind of manifested at this point, and these could be real stories. Yeah. I think someone, honestly, I mean, this could be fake because everything on the internet can be fake. Besides that, we're awesome. If anyone says we're awesome, that is not fake news. That I was going to say, that is, yep, literally what they you pretty just said. Mu- <laughs> they pretty much wrote that in blood, and that will be passed down for generations and generations. Mm-hmm. Besides when everything goes to shit and we're in The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> but... <laughs> Somewhere, some you're someone so, is going to see it. You're so positive. <laughs> Such a good outlook on life. Totally. Okay. But I think, like you said, these people researched it or heard about it from their friends, whatever. And then the slender sickness kind of, you know, like yeah. that whole thing. I mean, how we all were with Robert the Doll and Black Eyed Kids and stuff. I mean, True. That's, that's what it does. Because we sure did have a run of bad luck there after we fucking did that damn doll. Yeah. I'm not even going to say his damn name. Yeah. Okay. So this was titled, This is What Happens When You Look Into Slender Man. I'm just going to read it as they wrote it. Okay. 
And while I say that, you know, halfway through, I'm going to change it. I always change fucking, what is it called? Persons. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're like, persons. No, I'm like, no, I, no, I was like, uh, person. I don't know. Like, first person, second person. <laughs> yeah. Perspective. I don't fucking know. Yeah, perspective. This person said, I was introduced to Slender Man a few months ago when some guy wanted to pull a prank on my friend. He asked me for my help, but I didn't follow along and just left. He wanted to scare my friend with a Slender Man costume. I looked up the Slender Man and read through the mythos, ignoring the do not look too deeply into the legend or he will find you. And he went on to Marble Hornets, which was a website. I don't know if he says this, but it was a website like YouTube thing. You know, Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like that, but with Slender Man. Okay. You know, so they created their whole little, own, like, series. Okay. He said, well, I don't know. It could be a G. Uh, a B, a G. It could be. I was thinking H, G. I thought you were thinking B for boy, <laughs> G for girl. It could be a G. <laughs> Whatever. This person. I love the story and everything, but it felt a little uneasy at night. I thought I might be psyching myself out, but then weird things started to happen. My parents say that I will be awake and talking to them four hours before I'm actually awake. They'll say I do things I didn't do, like make tea and see it and see it is half empty when I wonder if they told the truth. My parents are honest people and I believe them, but it's impossible. A couple of nights ago, I felt like I was being watched uncharacteristically. Good Lord. Uh, I looked out the window and saw a flash of white and black. That night, I had a dream. I drew on a sheet of paper what I saw in the dream. I remember drawing this, and I'm glad I did because I had forgotten the dream. And it was like a hand-drawn picture of Slender Man, which I think we'll have on our website. Okay. My reaction time is slower, along with my memory being shorter each day. I drew an operator symbol and taped it over my door, and since then, I have had no experiences. The only thing that, sorry, the only thing is that I, being 16, have never in my life had a stuffy, had a stuffy nose. Yet recently, it's always clogged, followed by major headaches that Tylenol can't treat. I don't know what's been up, but I feel like I'm being watched. Sometimes my, sometimes my phone shuts off and my TV goes to static, followed by a headache. Any explanations? Hmm. Okay. The second one is titled Childhood Experience with Slender Man. This happened about, sorry, this happened at about the time I was four or five. Like any other little kid, I would get scared of most things, but this one time scared me more than any other. After a normal day in the life of a kindergartner, a baby, <laughs> I went to sleep at about 10 o'clock or so. Half- that ain't the normal life of a kindergartner. <laughs> that baby needs to go to bed. <laughs> Half the time, I either forget my dreams or just don't dream at all. Tonight was not one of those nights. After drifting off to sleep, I begin a very weird dream. I see myself walking down a long, narrow, dark corridor. Light only coming from a door at the very end. I slowly walk through the hallway to a room, which is very bright. The entire room seemingly to be covered in white. I walk into the room, but there's nothing to explore in there. As I'm about done looking at this room, I turn around back to the door to get into the corridor again, where this time there's a man standing there. I just see his long black business suit, and I start looking up closely. 
okay, red tie, I think to myself, and I eventually look at his face. There is no face. What? I am looking at a white orb with a neck, wearing a business suit, standing almost eight feet tall. Like any normal kid my age, I scream. The scream rips me away from the dream into real life. I'm sweating and my heart is racing. I look towards the clock and read that it's 12.57 a.m. My dad opens the door to my room, and when he comes in, he asks what's wrong. Apparently, on my dad's recalling, he claims I said, tall stick man. Dang. So, it's like, I mean, again, this could be fake. Yeah. You know, whatever. But, I mean, I think I used to even see someone who was really tall like that. Because, you know, it's almost like an alien. What you would... In like that M Night Shyamalan blah, blah blah blah. Yeah. How like when they distort or something, and you mm-hmm. know it's just like the long fluid kind of look that's scary. So I mean that that be, might be what it is. You know I don't yeah. know. Okay, this is titled "He Looked Like Voldemort." Voldemort. What is that? I don't know. It's. I mean, the, I know it's Harry Potter, but I don't know how to say it. Is it with a Voldemort. T or without? Voldemort, I think. Oh, what did I say? Voldemort. I don't even know. Okay, he looked like Big V. Um, <laughs> people, every Potterhead is going to be, or Pothead, whatever they're called. Potterhead. They're going to be like, Donna, all I know is I'm a Slytherin. Or a, oh yeah, you are. I'm a, I tested it and it got something different every time. Oh, because you're sister, not of the world. Well, I'm a changeling. Um, <laughs> we have established that. Because my sister Casey was like, you're not really anything like you might be this one she was like but i bet you could test like for like three of them i think you did ravenclaw though and then uh, there were two others that i tested for obviously but i think that's what she had said Hmm. because she was right on both of ours because i thought i was a bubble guts (laughs) or whatever that's called double door dumbledore what do i say i don't know potter shit i'm sorry all i do know is butterbeer and no thank you what yes they say it tastes like butterscotch, like, oh, yes, sign me up. Pour some butterbeer on me. Damn. <laughs> Yuck. Oh, God. Sticky. Okay, so Big V. This girl said, well, I don't know why I put genders on people. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm currently an eight. Oh. <laughs> I'm currently an 18-year-old female. Uh, Well, that would be why you assigned a gender to her. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. I'm currently an 18-year-old female, and I live in Oklahoma City. This event occurred when I was 15. Sorry. This event occurred whenever I was 15, but it happened in the same location. My friend, I was with her at the time of the incident, lived in a fairly decent neighborhood that was 15 minutes walking distance from a 7-Eleven. Her parents allowed us to make late-night trips there for snacks on occasion. As you're walking down this street to 7-Eleven, there's a park to the left. All it has in it is weird statue things, but I was familiar with them. Mind you, it's like 1231, and as we're walking by this park to the left, we could see this extremely tall figure. I recall it being as tall as the branches of the surrounding trees. Golly. He seemed to be dressed in all black and extremely pale. I am an extremely logical person, so I wanted to validate that it was just some strange tall person. I repeatedly shouted at this thing. 
After no response, we ran off as fast as possible and referred to this thing as Big V, however you say its name. Voldemort. Yeah. Is he the one who shall not be named or something? Is that the same person? I don't fucking know. I'm sure Angela's going to tell us and Casey's going to tell us and everyone else who I was going to say, and everyone else. I'm sorry. But okay. So they referred to him as Big V because of his paleness. It wasn't until two years later that my friend informed me of Slender Man and I realized that whatever I saw that night looked exactly like him. Hmm. Okay, so this is a Slender Man nursery rhyme. And because he's kind of like Freddy Krueger, I thought this would be a good one. As I was walking home one night, I saw a stranger by the light. His arms were long. His head was small. I've never seen a man so tall. His arms reached out and grabbed me tight. I went along without a fight. I looked and saw he had no face. And then my heart began to race. He spoke to me without a sound and picked me up right off the ground. The slender man took me away to never see the new light of day. Jeez. Right? Ugh. I hate. Ugh. Okay. Yeah, that's like. Ooh, good rhyming, though. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine hearing that? Like. As a kid? Absolutely fucking no. not. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay. So now I'm going to steer into your lane. I'm going to be up in your true crime pond. It's okay. You can join. The water's nice. Mm-hmm, but you know I'm scared of water. Especially pond water. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going in there. Okay. On the evening of May 30th, 2014, three 12-year-old girls gathered for a sleepover in a small Milwaukee suburb of Waukesha? I think is how it is, or Waukesha. I don't know. You know I don't know. Okay. Have you heard of this at all? The, well, the one story that you just told sounded familiar. What story? The one with the girl just then. Oh, the 18, the girl that was walking to the Seven Eleven. Yes. No. Mm. That was, Anyway, one of them sounded familiar. Okay, but like, this true crime this? didn't ever? Oh, no. Okay. Because I remember when this happened. Because Slenderman was a game, too. Like, after mm. all of this, it came into a game. And it was, like, the eight pages or the 12 pages of Slenderman. And you, it was all dark, all black. And it only allowed for, like, a flashlight. And it was in the woods. And you could hear him, like, walking, too. And, like, if you flashed your light and he was there, like, you had to run and try to collect all these pages. But if he got you, you died. Damn. I never made it past, like, three. And I freaked myself out. And I was like, delete, delete, delete. Don't want it on my computer. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. So, when I heard about this, I was like, oh, fuck. What happened? And so, I knew about it. And then, and then I was like, I need to do him. Yeah. You know? And also, let me just say, because my birthday is tomorrow, and Carrie said she would go to a movie with me this weekend, and we're going to see Slender Man. Ah. Yes, Carrie. I was wondering why you asked me if I would go to a movie, and I was like, <laughs> I mean, yeah? And I was like, I can pick it? And I was like, yeah? And then you said, oh, shit, what? <laughs> and then you didn't tell me. No. Until right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't want to tell you, and then you'd be like, oh. And ruin it all. 
No, but now you know like the basis for yeah. it too, so you won't be like, what? You know, you can just pass the popcorn and we'll be good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and our smuggled in snacks, but I mean, if you don't do that, you're missing out. Yeah. Who's counting? <laughs> okay. Their name, the girls, the three 12 year old girls, their names are Peyton, Morgan, and Anissa or Anissa. A-N-I-S-S-A. I would say Anissa. Okay. It was for Morgan's birthday. Morgan and Peyton had been best friends since fourth grade. And Anissa, she was a new friend who lived in Peyton's complex. Okay. So they all were, you know, chilling, having fun. The next morning they got up, had breakfast, and Morgan's like, hey, can we go play at... David's Park, which was like a little park. And so they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're all walking there. Well, did I say Peyton wanted to do that? I'm sorry. Morgan wanted to play. Well, Peyton was walking ahead of them and the other two were lagging behind. And at this point, Morgan showed Anissa a knife that she had snuck out of the kitchen. No. And later on, Anissa tells the police I thought, dear God, this is really happening. All the months of fantasizing coming down to this day. So they say that David's Park is green, grassy field with like about a city block. Okay. And it has like public restrooms, that kind of thing. That at a public restroom is where the first attack happens. So there was like a little part where Morgan tried to restrain Peyton and then Anissa kind of pushed her head against the brick wall. Ooh. But Morgan fell apart and she started pacing and singing. And so Anissa was like, Peyton, go outside. And like she calmed Morgan down. Yeah. Well, she's, Anissa said that she started petting her like a cat and it like soothed her. So then Anissa was like, hey, let's go play hide and seek deeper in the woods and like we'll go so morgan calmed down and they all went and you're probably like uh why did she go after they like you know yeah put her head in a brick wall and stuff they say that they were kind they kind of roughhoused anyway on stuff you know like i think one at the sleepover put her foot like kind of close to someone's face how they were like laying yeah and the other one like kicked her heart you know like it's yeah. just one of those i mean no space yeah and so it might not have been so weird like she might have thought oh we were playing and they got a little too rough you know what i mean yeah whatever because i mean she's been morgan's friend since forever like fifth grade or whatever right. i said so they go and start to play hide and seek, but Morgan counted first and Anissa and Peyton went and hid. Well, that's when Anissa tried to attack to tackle Peyton, but she couldn't hold her down. So then Morgan gave Anissa the knife, but Anissa handed it back saying she was too squeamish. So while they were talking, like she tried to pin her down, couldn't do it. And that's when like, Morgan came and, like, kind of handed, not, like, in front of yeah. her, really. 
So Bella was just crouched down in the dirt playing with some flowers. And then Morgan said, I'm not going to do it until you tell me to. Because she had the knife. Okay. And Nissa said that she started to walk away. And when she'd gotten about five feet, she stopped and said, Kitty, now go ballistic. Go crazy. Yeah. So... Anissa heard Morgan say, don't be afraid. I'm only a little kitty cat. And then she pushed Peyton over and stabbed her 19 times. What? Yeah. Her, uh, she stabbed her in her arms, her legs, but also punctured her stomach, her liver, her pancreas, and barely missed a major artery near her heart by an inch. Holy shit. Yeah. They called it stabby, stab, stab, stab. Like, that's just how much of a child they are, you yeah. know? Like, well, one, that sounds like something I would call something, but yeah. whatever. I also love alpacas and llamas, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Morgan, later when she was talking to the police, she said it didn't feel like anything. She kind of, like, made a stabbing gesture with her hand, and she said it was like air. She said that Peyton screamed and, like, you know, tried to get away a little bit. Mm. And she was screaming, I hate you. I trusted you. (gasps) So she tried to get up and walk, but she kind of wobbled. And that's when Anissa took her by the arm and steered her deeper into the woods and told her to lay down. And then Morgan tried to dress her wounds with like some leaves, you know, and they're like, that seems reasonable. Yeah. Like, I mean, basically it's kind of like, let me kick on some, put some dirt on it. And they're like, hey, we're going to go get you help. Stay right here. Okay. But they didn't. Of course. They never do. Why would you think someone, like, I mean, I know she's went with you after you rammed her head into the brick wall. But apparently, like, it wasn't that hard. It's not like, what you know what I mean? It was, like, half-heartedly yeah. done. But, like, if you're laying there and... You know, you're not going to be like, oh, okay, they're going to come back. Like, no, she just stabbed you 19 times. That's insane. Yeah. Insane in the membrane. Yeah. So they fled. They washed up in the sinks at the bathroom Walmart that was pretty close. And they filled their water bottles up. Then they wandered around for a couple of hours. They cried. They sang. And then they were picked up. By the police as they sat in the grass near the entrance to the interstate. So they were like, I mean, it was a mixed emotions. You know what I mean? Again, they knew it was wrong, but in their head, it was right. You know, like. Yeah. So meanwhile, back at the woods, Peyton crawled into the road. She was discovered by a a passing cyclist and taken to the hospital and just before the anesthesia took effect, she was able to tell police what happened. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, picked them up. And Nissa had cried, like, most of the interview. Mm-hmm. But when it was over, it was kind of like a relief washed over her. And innocence came back to her. And she asked, will I be able to go back to school? And because since third grade, she hadn't missed a day. Oh, God. But it's like... No, you just tried to kill somebody. Right. You know. That's very uh, Brendan Dassey. Mm-hmm. And, oh God, this, 
So there's a picture of Peyton's shirt, and it was white, and it had a heart and the words, love, hope, smile, beautiful, dream. And you can see it covered in holes from the 19 stab wounds and dried blood. And I'm just thinking, like, bless Peyton's heart. She was over there picking the fucking flowers. Right. Wearing this sweet-ass shirt, you know, that's just, like, so pure. Yeah. And, like, here it is, like, brutalized. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just picture her as being delicate like those flowers. And then just, ugh, 19 times, and they're 12 years old. That's nuts. Like, More stab wounds than they are years old. Oh, fuck. I know. One to grow on. Make that seven. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just did the thing. You know I don't know math. <laughs> so, how does this tie in with Slenderman? I'm about to tell you. Hit me with it. I mean, could I be an infomercial or what? I think so. Thanks. <laughs> you sounded like you were part of the infomercial. I think so. Two thumbs up. Tell me more about it. <laughs> Only nineteen ninety nine for twenty four monthly installments. You know? Not including shipping and handling. <laughs> yes. Whatever in the fuck handling is. <laughs> All I know how to do is handle balls, but whatever. Damn. I mean, balls for Marley. God, mm-hmm. you nasty. So during their interviews with the police, Anissa and Morgan said they were trying to kill Peyton to please Slenderman. She said that they wanted to become proxies, which was basically like Slenderman's right-hand men. You mm-hmm. know, like they're in that mythos of him, there's several people who kind of his underlings, you know, and so they're saying, okay, this human sacrifice can get us. Slenderman will come and find us. He'll take him, us to his mansion that is in the woods, and we're going to live there and... Like, be close to him and do these, you know, his bidding. Right. But, and also, they wanted protection from him. So, like, they thought that if they didn't attack her at this point, because they Mm -hmm. knew about him and had been planning it, that he would kill their families. Damn. And also, Anissa told the police that she wanted proof that he existed because she wanted to show people that he was real. Because people would make fun of them and... Like, Peyton had never talked about Slenderman. She didn't know anything of this. Right. This was Morgan and Anissa. Okay. But, like, people on the internet saying, like, oh, he's not real, you know? And yeah. so it's like, no, we're going to prove to you, like, we're going to do this and meet him, and then you're going to know. So, something good happened that Peyton did make it out. She is, you know, thriving, living her best life. Doing great. In 2017, Anissa pleading, pleaded guilty to being party to attempted second-degree homicide, and a jury found her not guilty by mental disease or defect. Defect. Mm-hmm. Morgan accepted a plea under which she would not go to a trial, but would be evaluated by a psychiatrist mm-hmm. to determine how long she would be placed in a Facility. She later pleaded guilty, but was found not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect. Anissa was sentenced 25 years to life, involving at least three years locked confinement and involuntary treatment to a state psychiatric institute 
followed by communal supervision until age 40. Damn. Her accomplice, Morgan, was sentenced to the maximum 40 years to life, involving at least three years locked confinement in addition to involuntary treatment until the age of 53 or the resolution of her symptoms, whichever happens first, followed by continued communal supervision, periodic reevaluations, or further treatment needed to help her yeah. rehabilitate her. So with that, there there have been other incidents. After hearing the story, an unidentified woman in Cincinnati, Ohio, told a TV reporter in June 2014 that her 13-year-old daughter had attacked her with a knife and had written a lot of macabre fiction involving Slenderman, and the mother said that motivated the attack, oh, like everything yeah. she had been writing and plotting. And then September 4th, 2014, a 14-year-old girl in Port Ritchie, Florida. And didn't you tell me about Port Ritchie? It's new Port Ritchie. Well, that's what she said was Port Ritchie. Hmm. But I was like, damn, I know that place. How do I know that place? There may be a port, Richie. I don't know. She allegedly set her family's house on fire while her mother and nine-year-old brother were inside. Shit. Police reported that the teenager had been reading online stories about Slenderman, as well as another, like, a manga called Soul Eater. He said that the girl had visited the website that contains a lot of Slenderman. Contains a lot of Slenderman information and stories, and it would be safe to say there's a connection to that. During the early 2015 epidemic of suicide attempts by young people ages 12 to 24 on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, Slenderman was cited as an influence. The Oglala Sioux Tribe, I don't know if I said that right, hit the president. Noted that many Native Americans traditionally believe in a suicide spirit similar to Slender Man. <gasps> yeah. So, this one poster on a forum said he liked Slender Man because he was relentless. And what he says, like, just, this is why I'm scared of him. He said... Slender hunts you, but he doesn't bang on your door, claw at your walls, or howl at the moon. He's just there, standing, waiting in the corner of your eyes. It's bogus, you know it. You're just seeing things because you're tired as shit, or it's a joke. But then it gets real. You have to get away, and despite your best efforts, Slender is still there, always standing, always waiting, always watching. Another person said it was from that same story, like the ones that had the stories, Mm -hmm. and it was titled, He is Real. And it says, let me explain. It's like a disease. The more you see, the more you believe, and the more you fear it. The more you fear it, the more you get paranoid about seeing him. Then you make yourself believe you see him because you think you will. Then you become even more scared until it engulfs you. That is how Slender Man is real. He is real in the same way that fear is real. A very scary metaphysical being that takes your sanity. So all stories were true to an extent. Damn. So. Relentless to say the least. Yeah. Hope you enjoy your drive through the woods tonight. Thanks. You're the best. <laughs> Not. Mm-hmm. 
Holy crap, that was good. Yay, I'm glad you liked it. I thought you wouldn't like it. No, I like it because I can see, I like you framed it in a way that made it like more believable. Yeah, like not believable in him per se, but it's like the persona. And how things can manifest in that way. And again, I mean, demons do like to pretend to be something and Mm -hmm. like they do tend to uh appear to children and stuff so it's like they aren't so guarded and yeah and so of course okay if if they see something but they've been reading about slender man right it's like that's what their mind's gonna see and if he like mimics some you know what i mean i just feel again it's one of those things if you know about slender man he can come mm-hmm. and be in your head, you know. So I'm sorry. Hopefully you don't see him in your peripherals. I better not. Eyes straight. Don't look again. Don't look side to side. Don't okay. give a second look. Don't or look a second in- thought. Oh, my God. And don't say his name a lot. Okay, well, that was like number one of what we learned. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If I see Slender Mandana. You're going to be like, oh, wait, you kid. single? I hate you. Just kidding, I don't. <laughs> You'll be like, your tentacles can tentalize me. Oh, God. Okay. Well, we'll call that number one of what we learned. Oh, my God. Okay, so two. Okay, two. Make sure that you have the proper bath bomb. Yeah. <laughs> not made of sulfuric acid. Yeah. that is not a good thing. Yeah. Just kidding. Okay, what were you about to say? I was going to say, two, stay out of basements. Mm-hmm. Do not trust somebody. If they say, hey, come look at this. No, the fuck I'm not. You know what's down in basements? Demons and laundry, and I don't want either. <laughs> and roaches. Oh, God. Yeah, no, totes agree. Unless it's your house and it's your laundry room. Not even then. Uh-uh. Move that upstairs because nobody wants to trip. Slip down those uh-huh. damn stairs. I know. I trip, fall, see something, oh, and I did. die. Yeah. When I lived in that house in Salem, I totally did. I tripped down the stairs. I hit my head. Oh, my God. On the, um, like, because you know how, like, in, like, on movies and stuff, when people would hit their head going down the yeah. stairs in the basement, literally happened to me. Oh, fuck. I don't even know how many times. That's how you're a changeling. Fuck. Fucking Salem, dude. <laughs> That's funny. But, yeah, don't go into basements. Don't trust people like that. Mm-mm. Put your guard up. Okay, number three. Don't trust Donna because she's going to get you killed. <laughs> now, that's the damn fucking truth. <laughs> Stop listening to this podcast. She's, she's going to make us see all kind of shit we don't want to see. Whatever. I'm opening your mind up. I'm going to close my third eye, though. Yeah, you better. Shit. I did like that story, though. Yay. I can't wait to see the movie. It's probably going to be stupid, but I can't wait. Yeah. Also, let's just be honest, I I think we've talked about it, that I am crazy and, like, super paranoid about theater massacres now. Yeah. Because, again, that was my safe place. Me and Tiffany spent summers, like, seeing every movie because, again, my parents would clean so we'd get to see it free. Yeah. So, I mean, we spent, like, every day there mm-hmm. and stuff. And then, like, for... Something to happen. Like, I never felt scared there. Besides one time, which I'll have to tell y'all about one time later. That was terrifying. But not from, like, real true crime stuff. Right. But that just rocked my world. And so I cannot go 
on an opening day anytime, but I don't like to go at night. I think I've only been once, and that's because Sabria had free tickets to something, and so we went. Yeah. But it was like 50 shades free or whatever, so it like I feel like no one would care Unless about that. it was like a church group or something. Oh, true. But, so we won't be seeing Slender Man in the dark. It'll be like brunch. Yeah. So it won't be so scary. It'll be probably silly. But then later tonight when I'm closing mm-hmm. the windows or later Saturday night, I'm going to be like, oh, fuck. I see you, Slendy. Don't look out there. <laughs> I see you, Slendy. Looking at me. Isn't that shaking that ass. Oh, shaking it? that thing. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We look like a 10 if me and him were together. Oh, fuck. Actually, we look like a B because you know he's too tall for me. So it'd be like lowercase b. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.